Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Joining us right now, he is a columnist with the Boston Globe. He focuses uh, mainly on Rhode Island. It is uh, Dan McGowan. And, Dan, boy, your column uh, regarding Peter Narona, the attorney general, in being a troll on Twitter. I, I have so many different questions. I want to start off with just what what was uh, the basic reaction of the attorney general on your on your column? To his credit. Uh, the general was a was a uh, uh, gentleman about it and was a good sport about it. He called me, uh, or excuse me, texted me uh, in like minutes after it was published, and was cool with it. He didn't, he didn't love it, obviously. He knew it was coming. I should say. I, I always like to preface that to say, you know, people I write about, no matter how scathing or critical or whatever. Uh, I pride myself on making sure they know it's coming. Uh, we had talked the day before and all that stuff. So he was good. He, you know, I think he, uh, I think interestingly, um, I, I think a lot of the reaction, I think particularly the reaction that he is getting is, uh, I, I think it's actually, it, it shows the problem that, that I think I'm trying to point out, which is I think in his head, he's getting overwhelmingly, positive peter you're right uh comments and it, i should say lots of people disagree with me I, there's no question about it but uh you know there are a lot of folks who i'm hearing from privately especially a lot of folks who have experience in that office who are saying yeah sometimes he can be a bit over the top and so uh it, it's a really interesting kind of feedback cycle because i don't think he's he's hearing the same feedback that i'm hearing uh, and I think that's a concerning thing for, for him going forward. Look, he hasn't gotten a lot of scrutiny uh, as the attorney general. One, he's done a good job, so there, so there's no question, you know, there's no question about that. But he just there, there's not a lot of opinion writers in Rhode Island anymore, so he just doesn't face a lot of um, you know sort of har- sort of harsher kind of point of view writing about him. Uh, and so, you know, I think this is the first time that he's been, you know, maybe like punched in the face a little bit. And uh, it's interesting to see how he how he is reacting. And, and I'd be so curious. I haven't talked to him about this, about what his real inner circle is telling him, because I, I don't care about what like social media tells you. I, I, I'm what I'm interested in is, you know, is there anyone around you saying, you know, McGowan might not have been completely right, but he has a point here, here and here or something like that. Dean McGowan, not to go too much behind the curtain, but I'm just curious. Everyone's got a boss. Uh, was there any anything with within the globe of like, you know, let's let's recognize what what we're about to put out here because you're going to be modest, but I'm going to tell you right now. And I was telling someone this yesterday. Um, whether you like it or not, your column has really become what at one time was. The op-ed of the Providence Journal, I, I, which they've gotten rid of it now. But I would say when you come out with an opinion column, uh, it, it can, I don't want to say make or break careers, but it, it certainly becomes the buzz of the next 24 to 48 hours in political circles. Yeah, you know, I'm cognizant of that uh, to some degree be just because, you know, I don't want to, and I think you know this, I mean, we, we, you and I talk every single week, and some weeks I can be very harsh, and some weeks I've written sort of a, you know, a general analysis piece or, a, you know, something completely out of the box that has nothing to do, uh, uh, you know, with, with politics or, or, you know, criticizing anybody. I really do try to pick spots. Um, it's an interesting question. This thing comes up a lot when or internally, and I'm happy to talk about it, when I'm writing something that um, is it, we know is going to get a lot of push feedback or um, more often when it maybe contradicts or has a different point of view than maybe what my own colleagues think. I'll, I'll give you an example. A year ago or so, uh, I was, uh, you know, I, I was very critical of the response to the Mike Stevens uh, becoming a police major. You and I sure. talked about that a yes. lot. And, 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 you know, internally, people didn't like that story. They didn't like that column. You know, there, there was strong disagreement with my point of view on that. But um, the good thing about working at a place like the Globe is nobody, they like, you know, and in the end, they, they like that it's the talk of the town. They like that it is something that, you know, I'm willing to stand by and that it gets a lot of attention and that, you know, it does force people to, um, 
you know, to look in the mirror a little bit. But yeah, you know, you, you, I'm always very cognizant when you're writing something tough about the governor, you know, uh, the mayor or the attorney general in this case, uh, you know, I, I want to make sure I'm pretty buttoned up to why I make sure I talk to the people I'm writing about. I will tell you one thing that's very different about the attorney general, let's say compared to the governor, is when I write something about the governor, and you know I've been very critical of this governor, um, I almost always would say 80% of the feedback is agreeing with me, right? I'm, yeah. I'm in that feedback loop of people who, you know, it's not, that's not to say that that's the way all Rhode Islanders think. It's just that my feedback loop tends to be, oh yeah, you know, he's not transparent or he didn't do this or he's not doing a good job on the, you know, the takeover schools, whatever it is. In this case, it is different. You know, the press really likes uh, Peter Nerona, yeah. you know, he's transparent. He talks to them. He's a good source. Um, and so, you know, you're not getting as much of the, you know, kind of the, the, your friends to come to you and say, hey, you know, good column. Yeah, that's a great thing. You're not getting as much of that when you're when you write something about, uh, you know, somebody who I think is, is broadly very popular. It's interesting, folks. And again, we're speaking with Dan McGowan. Um, I like how you framed he really started to adapt and, and saw it as a useful tool in his battle against Governor McKee to get more funding, right? And I I do defend him and say to people that are critical of him, I say, you don't understand what it was like. Peter Kilmartin, his predecessor, he didn't have one press conference in, in eight That's years. Right. And I was waiting for them. And Patrick Lynch would play fast and loose with the press. Sometimes he'd want to chat. He'd only talk to some people. Others he would not. But Dan McGowan, it reminds me kind of a little bit of um, of our former bishop, Bishop Tobin, who initially thought, hey, this is great. I can interact with people. I put my own message out there. But the problem, and I think you captured, is you start to get down the rabbit hole where he's conversing with people who it's like, why are you even wasting the time to converse with these types of individuals? Yeah, and that was my that was the point that I tried to make to him. You know, I just said, I think it's I think that what you're doing is beneath the office. And, you know, of course, he's offended by that. He doesn't agree. But, you know, if you want to take your fight to Governor McKee, have at it. By the way, we right. love that stuff in the press. Sure. Right? That's a good, that's a, that, that's, it, it's interesting news. And it's also, in the case of the attorney, in, you know, the fight over funding in the attorney general's office, it's actually really important, right? I mean, we talked about this last week. They got this amazing cold case unit, um, you know, largely because he took the fight to the governor. So that was a successful effort. I think what he is challenged by is the same thing we're all face, we all face, and you and I have been on social media, feels like since the beginning of it all, is, you know, you you get that initial win and you feel really good and it's like, okay, what's next? And, you know, you start to comment on, on everything, right? And, and, you know, all the regulatory things that you oversee, and quite frankly, you don't get as much attention from that. When you're talking about the hospitals, right. you know, the, the hospital people care, but nobody else cares because if it doesn't affect patient care and things like that, nobody really pays that much attention. And I think it starts to go down this rabbit hole of, okay, I'm going to respond to everybody. And I said to him, we, this conversation didn't, it didn't actually end up making it uh, into, uh, you know, it was on the cutting room floor kind of for my column, but he, he literally was said to me, you know, Dan, so-and-so, just a ri ri kind of a random person, you know, called me a bad name. And he said, what, am I not supposed to respond? And I was like, do you know how many people call me bad names yeah. every day? <laughs> right? Uh, I, I, I think he, he's got to kind of at least, at the very least, kind of button that part up. You know, right now, by the way, it feels good in a very blue state because – oftentimes the people you're fighting with are the Republicans. Right. And, and quite frankly, the fringe Republicans. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you're, you're hearing you're, it's, it's that old thing. It's dunking on, you know, kind of helpless people. And no, no one's ever going to tell you in, in blue Rhode Island that, you know, Oh, you were, you were kind of mean to that, to that Republican organizer. But then you start to look at it and you're like, Wait a minute. Sure, a college kid, you know, took a shot at you. The kid is in college. Yeah. Uh, you know, or you know, he's had some some ongoing fights with Nicole Solis, and Nicole's very polarizing. I get it, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, you're elevating some of the people that you're critical of. And what I'm really curious about for him, 
Um, and, you know, look, I believe what I wrote and I, and I stand by it. But I, one of the other things that is important by uh, I think the reason it was important was, like I said before, for him to kind of hear it for the first time. Yep. And as he as he prepares to run for governor, you know, it doesn't it shouldn't be lost on him or his team that he has never faced a serious election. He's never had True. anybody who is really going to be tough on him, yep. who is going to. Who's gonna, you know, as you know how elections work, not everything is is straightforward and, and perfectly honest, right? Things blur the lines, and you start to face criticism, and some of those ads aren't always the nicest things in the world. And if you don't think, if he's gonna run against Governor McKee, and, and that's what he's preparing to do, Governor McKee is gonna do whatever it takes to try to win a primary. Go look at how what, the way he that's went right. after Ashley Kalis in the general election. Yeah. Um, and he's going to have to realize that, you know, sometimes you have to respond with a, with a bomb and sometimes you have to ignore it and, and kind of, you know, focus. On, if you're always thrown off, and, and I will say for the last week especially, uh, while I trust that the attorney general is, you know, is able to do two things at once, the attorney general has spent way more time on social media than I think he probably needed to. Uh, you know, he's getting pulled in front of a judge, you know, I, 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 you know, here, and then he's fighting with people over the weekend. Uh, that kind of stuff is not a great way to run a campaign because it means you're, you know, you're, you take your eye off the ball to some degree if you're kind of just wrestling with everybody. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Pop in and see them, whether it's for lunch, nice weather, you can sit outside on the deck, or maybe sit in the dining room, delicious food. Then they also have a great full bar, large dining area, and you're going to love the lounge. The Lodge Pub and Eatery. People rave about their delicious, consistent, great food, and also the great staff. I'll see you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Folks, again, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, just to, one final thing about Governor McKee. Number one, you're right. He knows how to win. Number two, I think when he went after Helena Folks with the CVS pumping uh, yep. drugs right into the homes, that shows how far he's willing to go. Let's talk about Roadmap. And, folks, coming up in just a moment, we're going to tell you how you can start receiving Roadmap. I like how uh, you touch on, boy, Mayor Smiley, Dan McGowan. I think we're going to start. It, it, it seems as if. He is already, and it's incredible, but he is getting set for taking back the Providence schools. Yeah, I mean, he's doing what you you would want a mayor to do who is who is sort of, um, you know, who, it's not that Mayor Smiley is obviously very political, but if you were to compare him to the last mayor, to Mayor Lorza, if Mayor Lorza was still in office and was, you know, preparing for the school to come, the school system to come back, he would be you know, holding press conferences on his steps and, you know, trying to show up the governor in a lot of ways or, you know, trying to get a headline. In this case, this group, he, he my roadmap uh, today, in fact, is is about how the mayor has created this 14-person, you know, local control cabinet is what he's calling it, that's really doing, a, a, a you know, a planning process for what it's going to look like for Providence to get the school back. They've been meeting for four weeks. I didn't know about it until four days ago, John. Wow. Uh, and, and, and I think that's a testament. Maybe it's bad <laughs> reporting by me, but it's a testament to that team that – they're, you know, they're kind of just going about doing the work and, and trying to figure this out. Now, Mayor Smiley has been very clear. He's not, you know, he's not looking for the school system to come back next school year. He, you know, he's thinking more potentially this following year, even the following year after that. Um, but doing the work, trying to figure this out, it's notable, though, that no members of the Providence Teachers Union, no members from the Rhode Island Department of Education, nobody from the Providence School Department. I will say, and this is my, this is my opinion, not, not what he's telling me, um, it's notable. And it's something that he is, uh, he, he may not be willing to admit it publicly, but it shows you kind of the... I think the lack of faith he has uh, in in all three of those parties, quite honestly. Yeah, and I I would argue I think he's a hundred percent right. Now, folks, again, also agreed, in the Boston agreed. in the Boston Globe, full coverage of it's now Congressman Gabe Ammo, full coverage of the situation we find ourselves with the Patriots and Bill Belichick, 
And Dan McGowan, I also, your colleague, uh, Alexa, writing that story, I never realized what people go through. Doctor, former hospital CEO, stage four cancer calls for greater empathy in medicine. I, I have reread that three to four times. I mean, what a remarkable piece that she put together. Well, thank you for saying that. I completely oh, agree. How? Uh, yeah, folks out there, uh, the, the head of Care New England, uh, he, he recently left uh, what, about six months ago, a year ago, um, is, is battling stage four cancer right now. And Alexa has been spending some time with him and talking to him a lot. He's got actually, uh, he's self-published a book. And the story really dives into everything he's going through and I think has made himself reflect on sort of his experience as, a, you know, the head of a hospital. But obviously, it's just there's lots of personal details in there. I agree. It's it's a remarkable piece of journalism. And to the credit, Channel 12 did, a, I think, a sit down with him as well. Uh, both, you know, I, I, would, I would recommend both. Re- read the story in the Globe. Go watch the the. Uh, the segment on Channel 12 because uh, he's going through a lot, and I should say, Jim Finale's a, you know always been was always a pretty good guy and, and transparent, and uh, was you know was always willing to talk to the press. But uh, none of us knew that he was sick until uh, until after he left uh, the job. Folks, also, I am in a story in the Boston Globe this week. Rhode Island Coalition for Israel tells congressional delegation. I've been a member of the organization for some time. I give them a lot of support. I sign their petition. And Dan McGowan also uh, in the Boston Globe. I think it's very interesting, um, the the story about what's happening with Starbucks downtown right across from Textron. Yeah, that's that's that one right downtown. Uh, near kind of some of the Paleno buildings, like you said, near Textron, uh, near the Superman building, and the, the uh, Joe Paleno. Organize- yeah, yeah, Pale- yeah. They're trying to organize a union there at the Starbucks, and, and try- my guess is they will be able to because I think union organizing here is very strong. But Starbucks has has fought back against a lot of these unions in a lot of different states. So it, uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect them to go down without any level of a fight. Although there is some precedent here, I think you've seen some of the seven stars stores that that, that coffee shop they've already organized, and so the groundwork in some ways has already been laid uh, to, to be able to do this. Dave McGowan, also before we talk about roadmap, just your thought. There you have President Biden, this historic summit with President G, and one over from the president. There she is, former Governor Island, <laughs> Commerce Secretary Secretary Raimondo. Um, her her profile just continues to get elevated. Well, it shows you he you know the president you know likes to have people around him who he trusts, who he thinks is loyal. But also, most importantly, let's just put the politics out on who he thinks is valuable. Yeah, and who who will help him. And I think he, you know Gina Raimondo has probably gone from. I don't know, 15th or 16th in line in the cabinet when it comes to that, that, that value that you add uh, just politically to he, she may be ahead of Kamala Harris at this. I think she may be number one yes. uh, in terms of just the, the you know, it's, it's not poopy poo to judge. It's not anybody else. I think he is around, you know, he puts himself with uh, Gina Romano every chance he gets. And so does the secretary of state, uh, uh, Lincoln, he you know he likes to be around Gina Raimondo. Um, it raises that question. You and I have speculated about this before. Aside from the potential of you know her one day running for president or anything, but you know Secretary of State at some point would not be surprising wow. if uh, you know if, if she were in the running for that job at some point, which is just would have been unfathomable you know a couple of years ago. When she uh, was doing an interview about her trip to China, and when they said, "Who gave you?" Uh, advice or who'd you talk to without blinking she said the president gave me the best advice so she knows how to play it folks one of the last story dan mcgowan great story in the boston globe and it's sad to read but the alex and ani auto auction yeah i didn't i don't know if you uh bid on anything i didn't win anything but yeah i mean you know this is that sad story of a downfall of a company that was you know was incredibly philanthropic here and was you know i hate to i hate to exaggerate but john i mean you were here oh, for huge. it huge alex and ani was was like our facebook yes. right? it was it was exploding yep. um here and and to see it only only a couple of years later, less than a decade later, really, you know, uh, having it, you know, you could go by, by the bookshelves basically uh, in the place. 
Um, you know, really sad. They, they did it. You know, they, they got 900 plus bidders. So lots of people had interest in it. Uh, but it is sad to watch the downfall of that, that place. Now, folks, you hear me mention Roadmap. It arrives in your inbox uh, each weekday. It gives you links. It has political scoops, but all the different stories in the Boston Globe. But Dan McGowan, right now, if you'd be so kind to extend that offer to everyone that's listening. Yeah, very simple. Send me a blank email, rinews at globe.com, rinews at globe.com. I'll sign you up. You'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Folks, he's Dan McGowan. Dan, great job as always, and we'll talk to you again. All right, talk soon, John. Thank you. J. Perry Paving, high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Call today for a free estimate serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass, 401 401- 732-1730, letter J, J. Perry Paving. Why don't you get your driveway paved? Maybe your parking lot. J. Perry Paving, licensed and insured, contracted company, committed to meeting their clients' needs, no matter how big, how small. Hey, learn about the benefits of asphalt paving, whether it's a brand new paving project, just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed. What a difference it'll make for your home for your business with J. Perry Paving. Call them today. Free quote 401 732 1730. 401 732 1730. Look for them on Facebook. They're also online. And remember, no one is better with veterans than J. Perry Paving. If you're a veteran or related to one, they have a special package designed for you. It'll be the most cost-efficient way to get your driveway paved or your business. J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, there's all kinds of social media, and there's... There's obviously this Facebook, there's Instagram, YouTube is is a form of big tech, and you obviously then have Twitter, or now known as X, but then there's what they call TikTok, and I was kind of a late arrival. It was really just about one year ago that we started to take it a little more seriously, increase the profile. It's a phenomenal app. And it's got incredible reach, and it's far different. I I know there are some people that they're not sure the difference. Um, I'm telling you, there's a there's a big difference with it, and it's a flamethrower. But it is. I I mean, I now see why there have been allegations about propaganda being on it, and for it being used in that way. And this latest example is these things just start to take off, and they're trends that take off. And it is true. There's far more sympathy to the Palestinians uh, on on TikTok than I think anywhere else. Although, no, I, I think I would say anywhere else. So this latest thing that just hit is this thing called Letter to America. And it's been out for a while because the government posted it. But they act like it's newly discovered. And what it, I'll tell you what it is, and I want to play you some of the sound. And you need to know this, because this is propaganda. You may not recognize it, but TikTok is wildly pop, popular, powerful, among especially high school and college students. So they act as though they're just discovering this. And I'll, I'll give you the guise of what it is. There's, it's um, People act like they read this. It has changed their life. It's They can't look away from it. They read this letter. It is something that that uh, Osama bin Laden wrote, and it's very anti-Semitic, and he basically blames Israel for all the problems in the United States, and even blames 9-11 on America and and on Israel. And uh, he wanted to bring uh, attention, and what they're trying to do is justify terrorism. That's what they're trying to do. And there's this ongoing theme that has emerged, which is when you're the oppressor, uh, when you're the oppressed people and the colonization that they deem that it's terrorism, but it would, what it really is, you're just kind of like sticking up for yourself. So I want to play some of this simply because Letter to America, because I, I can't, and maybe some people won't get it, but it's, it's a very powerful form of propaganda. 
So these are just some of the videos out there regarding this letter to America. And they start to build interest and it rocketed. And you have all these people that want to read Letter to America from Osama bin Laden. Just the way they talk about him. I found Osama's letter as though he's like a friend and someone you could trust. And and they would just, it's opened my eyes. It's Israel that really attacked us. And it's it's crazy, but these people that believe it. So these are just some of the videos. Letter to America, which is Osama bin Laden's letter to America explaining why he attacked Americans. And I am ashamed to say that I not only have never read this letter, but I didn't even know this letter existed. It's wild and everyone should read it. If you haven't read it yet, read it. However, be forewarned that this has left me very disillusioned and I feel the same exact way I felt when I was deconstructing Christianity. I uh. feel uh, a little bit just confused like I have entered into another timeline. What is this? And yeah, so go read it. So I just read a letter to America. There's another person. And I will never look at life the same. I will never look at this country the same. I will never. I Please read it. And if you have read it, let me know if you are also going through an existential crisis in this very moment. Because in the last 20 minutes, my entire viewpoint on the entire life I have believed and I have lived has changed. Please read that entire letter. I need everyone to stop what they're doing right now and go read. It's literally two pages. Go read A Letter to America. And please come back here and just let me know what you think. Because I feel like I'm going through like an existential crisis right now. The third, notice that a word again. Are, so I just need someone else to be existential crisis. I need you to stop what you're doing and go read A Letter to America. You know, again, this, um, there's a lot of people of color. So that's who I would imagine it's it's partly aimed at. But it's this just reoccurring theme. And they can't believe what they've learned. And their eyes are opened. I'm always curious. And, and I'm, um, whenever I hear people talking in that manner, uh, my eyes have been opened. And you need to go read it. And then they're, they're also pumping these different movies. It's It's all terrorism a lot of these people i don't think they're that educated but they're trying to reach other people that are not that educated but um we've been lied to my eyes are now opened whenever i hear people saying that it's they you weren't lied to you weren't paying attention you probably didn't pay attention a lot in school they suddenly now it's these people of i've been doing my research and here's just a couple more it's it's all Again, as I said, is they're trying to rationalize terrorism. The people committing the acts of terrorism, they have no choice. That's why they're doing it. And somehow these people say, oh, I get it now. That we just do not know about. Go read a letter to America. Like, seriously, go read it. Type a letter to America in Google or whatever you use. Then come right back. Because this makes a lot more sense. It explains so much. And I guarantee you it's going to blow your mind no. And let's talk about it. It doesn't. So go read it. Come back. Whew, it's a lot. It's actually not. Um, it's all acting. It's all propaganda. It's all giving you the impression um, that, that the United States and Israel are to blame for what happened on 9-11. There's no mention of, obviously, that... Women and children on the planes, the innocent people in the towers. Um, it's, I, I'll give them this. It's very effective, though, because then it gets people, wow, what's in it? And these people that I had to stop what I was doing. I couldn't sleep last night. I read letters to America. It's a letter from Osama, which is who calls him by his first name. They are trying to justify terrorism, 100% whoever's behind it but there's a, a lot of people there's a lot of people of color there's a lot of young people of color a lot of females and they're acting that they're on the verge of tears because they just read this 
which basically blames us for all the ills in the world. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. AJ, drywall, plaster, home improvement. Call them today for a free quote. You can also find them on Facebook, 401-323-9252. 323-9252. AJ, drywall, plasters, home improvement, frame to finish basements. What a difference it'll make in your basement. Acoustic ceilings. Look how beautiful your ceiling could be. New homes, additions. Also, commercial rehabs, painting, remodeling contact them today it's a family-run business aj drywall plaster home improvements call for a free quote what a difference they'll make in your home your ceilings floors basements 401-323-9252 what a difference beautiful walls and ceilings 401-323-9252 you can also find them on facebook it's AJ Drywall Plaster and Home Improvements for your home or business. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Well, last night, protesters stormed to the Democrat National Committee offices in Washington, D.C. You know what's interesting for me to watch in real time? Were you could see some of the uh, political reporters that are with them that want to defend them and saying they weren't really doing anything to try to minimize it 150 people arrested this is the crowd that wants peace do you notice that all the vigils and rallies for israel all peaceful all people getting along we need very little police presence if anything of anything to protect them palestinian quote rallies are they turn into riots it's it's ludicrous it is the blm crowd that i discovered when i covered the one back on october 21st but lawmakers had to evacuate as this was was going on this is uh, the latest from gma Capital. 150 demonstrators demanding a ceasefire in gaza protesting outside the democratic party's headquarters in washington coming face to face with Capitol police several lawmakers were inside the building as the protests erupted quickly evacuated to safety. Police cutting off access to nearby offices on Capitol Hill. And a heavy police presence here near Capitol Hill. House buildings on lockdown as police got those members of Congress who were inside of the DNC out. Congressman Brad Sherman was meeting with Democrats inside the building when police suddenly rushed in. A dozen or so very well-armed police officers came charging in and they whisked us off to the U.S. Capitol. Sherman is a staunch supporter of Israel and has rejected the calls for a ceasefire. Good. Why were we retreating? We were in the right. This was our building. We were holding our conference. Outside, police pushing back the crowd of protesters. Officials say six officers were injured, ranging from minor cuts to being pepper sprayed and punched. All we wanted to say is that our demand is that President Biden and Congress demand a ceasefire now. And so we came out here to tell them we did not expect the hostility we got. And one group behind last night's demonstration says 90 protesters were injured. And of course, this came Good. just one day after that major peaceful protest on the National Mall in support of Israel. Yeah, notice peaceful protest. One of the uh, so it was an insurrection. One of the guards said it was worse than January 6th. Now, as we speak, as we speak, protesters right now and they're insane are blocking the BU Bridge calling for Senator Elizabeth Warren for a ceasefire. They don't care. The rules don't apply. This is going on. State police are in scene trying to keep the cars moving through one lane. They're nuts. I mean, these people are certifiable. They absolutely are certifiable. And it's going on right now. They want a ceasefire in the Middle East. And so they're going after various individuals right now. Um, that Notice, though, that was hardly 
a there was certainly not a peaceful protest last night in dc i'm also seeing the uh, idf had discovered photos and files on israeli hostages in hamas belongings left behind at the headquarters in the hospital in gaza what you have right now is sadly but it's it's a battle of the propagandas it's a battle of on the one side you have the individuals that are i believe trying to report the truth and then on the other side boy they they're very aggressive with um with the ones this this whole business for for palestine i i think or as they call it now elon musk is under fire for promoting agreeing with anti-semitism on his own platform let's pick up the story from gma fire for agreeing with anti-semitic posts on x his own company's platform i want to bring back aaron katarski's track in this good morning aaron george good morning again to you on his social media network x elon musk called an anti-semitic conspiracy theory that jews promote hatred against whites the actual truth Musk posted agreement with the false claim that Jewish communities have been pushing the exact kind of dialectical hatred against whites that they claim to want people to stop using against them. Musk has been criticized before for trafficking in anti-Semitic tropes and conspiracy theories, and some influential figures have left X to protest the proliferation of unfiltered hate speech on the platform. Now, in later posts overnight, Musk appeared to backtrack from his earlier remark, saying Jewish genocide is unacceptable to any reasonable person, and hatred of white people does not extend to all Jewish communities. But then he took aim at the Anti-Defamation League, which he said unjustly attacks the majority of the West and promotes anti-white racism. We reached out to a representative for Musk, who did not immediately respond this morning, but White House National Security spokesman told George... Uh, John Kirby told George, somebody like Musk, the world's richest person behind Tesla and X, somebody like that stoking anti-Semitism is reprehensible and unacceptable. You know, I um, I used to be a big fan of the platform, Twitter. He switched it to X. In the last year, as I've said, I've complained. He's, It has not been improved. I think he's made it worse. I wish he hadn't taken it over. I know a lot of people had problems with Twitter. Twitter was so much better than the platform he's turned it into. Um, I don't like the tone of it. The problem is it's it's like where else do you go? Everyone is there. It's very localized in many ways. You know, you can follow local news. I can follow local reporters. Um, there's parts about it that is still terrific. But the overall part, he is he he is responsible. He's allowed a lot of the certain accounts to come back in. He's let a lot of the troll accounts come back in um and i i just i don't understand well maybe maybe we should understand maybe he is who he is but if you if you are paying attention things are are really ramping up now with these uh ceasefire protesters and i don't mean in a good way folks you're listening to the john DePietro show <music> propane plus call them today heating and cooling in rhode island 401 401- 885-4209 in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359 for Propane Plus. Three generations you can always depend on Propane Plus for all your heating and cooling. Call them today, 401-885-4209. Three generations, they're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they're going to serve you for a very long time. They have a great user-friendly website. You just log on at propaneplus.com. And then you type in your zip code, residential, commercial, propane plus, heating and cooling, always there for you. Give them a call today in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. The Johnson family, three generations, heating and cooling. You can always depend on propane plus. You're listening to the John DePietro shows. Well, it's obvious right now. Protests are breaking out all over the region, really all over the world on this uh, protest day. Starbucks workers are work, walking out. I want you to listen. This is one of the protesters last night outside of the Democratic National Committee, of which there were so many uh, reporters online that were trying to display this. This this was just a peaceful protest. They weren't trying to get in the building. These people are nuts. They're irrational. As we speak right now, they're 
blocking bridges in different parts of the country, including Boston. Listen to this woman last night. You know, this whole business of we just want to cease fire now and they just screaming that. And right now, as we speak in in, in both, they, they somehow think that if you just say cease fire now, that somehow that that means that you're for peace. But right now, demonstrators calling for a ceasefire in Gaza block the BU bridge, disrupting the morning commute. Rescues can't get through. Um. I don't and I get that some of the people are Jewish in their allies demanding Senator Warren call for a ceasefire in Gaza. But you're willing to do it and not even let rescues get through. What, why, why aren't they being arrested? Why are they being allowed to to block the road in this way? Um, I, I don't uh I, I don't understand why there's special we, we know that there's other groups that they wouldn't allow this to go on in, in this manner. But these individuals, it's they, they're not they're not reasonable. They, 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 that's all they like to do is is they, they think that's a form of peace by screaming ceasefire now. But that doesn't solve the problem. That's exactly what Hamas wants. It does nothing about the, the situation with the hostages. So you just have these people that just feel their actions are justified. Like I said, this is the BLM crowd all over again. That just start screaming, cease fire now. So, and they feel that the rules don't apply as long as they keep saying they're peaceful protesters. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. When it comes to insurance, you need a neighbor, a partner, and friend. You need Chapa Insurance Agency. They're located right on Reservoir Avenue in Cranston. Call today, free consultation, 401-900-INSU, 401-900-4678, Chapa Insurance, SIA. Stephen, very experienced, whether it's auto, home, renters, business insurance, flood, recreational, umbrella, any other protection for your assets, Rhode Island and Massachusetts, Shapa Insurance Agency, your agency of choice. Call today, set up a meeting. They're so knowledgeable, can have everything under one roof. Call Shapa Insurance today, 401-900-INSU or 401-900-4678. Look for them on Facebook, again, located Reservoir Avenue in Cranston, Shapa Insurance Agency, your neighbor, your partner, your friend, one-stop insurance solutions. Check out tepetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, all our links to social media, exclusive stories and videos waiting for you at tepetro.com. Folks, there is a new book out. The website is mtgbook.com. The name of the book, MTG. Joining us right now, the one and only, congratulations and welcome to the John DePietro Show, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Congresswoman, welcome and congratulations. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. First, just touch on, if you don't mind, what was the experience like for you to write this book? It was great. I enjoyed writing it. It took me a long time. Um, you know, they've created a character of me that doesn't exist in the media starting in January of 2021. And they sold that character across the country and all around the world. And I am so excited about my book, MTG. And I hope people will buy a copy at mtgbook.com and they'll find out the stories behind the headlines. And these are the stories that I really enjoyed writing. 
Congresswoman, what is so amazing, and you started off right away, when you th- when, as I'm reading this, just the whirlwind life you've had, January 3rd, 2021, sworn into office, next day you're on Air Force One with President Trump. Yes, it, it has been an incredible ride, and it started that way, and it continues to be this way. Yes, sworn in on January 3rd. Uh, the next day flew on Air Force One with President Trump to my district uh, for a big rally to try to save our Georgia Senate seats. Um, I had one day break in between, and we were working very hard preparing for our objection against Joe Biden's Electoral College votes. And then January 6th happened. And I mean, the rest has been history. Um, and it, it, it has been wild. So I tell the stories, um, some that people know, but I give a lot of context and personal details, things the media has no idea about, stories that I've never told publicly in speeches. And I just, I just think it's, it's a book that everyone will want to read, um, and I hope they get a copy at mtgbook.com. Folks, again, the book is MTG by Marjorie Taylor Greene. Congresswoman, I am just curious, when did MTG, is that something... Who dubbed you that? Was that something you were known on, known as when you were young? Where did the, I love it, but where did the MTG come from? It started when I became a member of Congress and it just became an acronym that people used uh, in reference to me. I I think there was, one of the headlines was the notorious MTG. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It went on and on. And I mean, they have said crazy things like they accused me of a phrase I have never used except in reference to their lies. Um, Jewish space lasers. I have a, I have a chapter yep. dedicated to that. Um, I have a chapter dedicated to COVID, uh, all the insanity and lies about COVID. Uh, and I have a chapter dedicated to protecting kids. That's that's my signature bill is to stop the genital, genital mutilation of children with this awful trans attack on our kids, confusing their minds and uh, mutilating their bodies before they're even grown up. And it's it's a lot of fun. I I talk a lot about my America first beliefs um, that just that our government, Washington, has been selling out the American people for decades. Uh, and it's caused the decline that we see all over the country in rural America. And they did this by sending our manufactured and our jobs overseas. And now uh, now we're paying the price. And and so this book is so great. And, and I'm really honored my own mother uh, wrote the foreword. You know, I had a lot of uh, famous people and powerful people I could have asked to write it. But um, having my own mom write the foreword was the most important part. Again, the book is MTG. It's folks, the website is mtgbooks.com. Congresswoman, if you don't mind, just touch on No Green Deal, out of contact with reality, because I I think you're right on the money regarding your colleague AOC. Oh, yeah. You know, AOC, she's... um, Everyone knows her, but I got to tell you, you can't, there's nothing in between her ears. She's not very smart, but I have a whole chapter dedicated uh, to the Green Deal and what a scam it is, what a lie it is, and how it is truly going to destroy our country. And, you know, I had challenged her to a debate uh, multiple times, and she's too scared to debate me. She, she can't even defend uh, the, the Green Deal because she didn't write it. It's just in her name. And so I dedicate a chapter uh, to the Green Deal and, and what I, how I would take her down in a debate. And, and that's all outlined there in my book, MTG. Folks, the book is MTG by Marjorie Taylor Greene. Congresswoman, I also like and I applaud you for drawing attention to the fact, and you title it Every Vote Matters. It is amazing the number of people that they're vocal, they complain, but boy, they have to get their act together. Republicans, people need to vote. Yes, that is one of our biggest issues. You know, um, I love people that are that are passionately involved and care so much about what Washington should be doing. Um, you know, even if they're angry and, and yelling about it, I, I absolutely um, love it that they care. But the biggest way to show you care about our country is voting. And voting is the only way that we can win elections. Voting is the only way we can get the White House back with President Trump. Voting is the only way we can retain the majority in Congress, which we will be, get this, 
January of 2025, whoever controls Congress will be writing the tax code because President Trump's tax policy expires in 2024. That's how important this upcoming election is. And if Republicans don't control the House and we don't have President Trump in the White House, we are going to lose when it comes to the tax code. And you know what that means for everyone. That means we are going to be paying a lot more in taxes and it will really hurt generational wealth because they're going to come after everyone with the estate tax. It's going to be a bestseller. Folks, everyone log on mtgbook.com. It's Marjorie Taylor Greene. Congresswoman, one last question, and I'm glad you pointed out, whatever it takes, people have to stop. I like how you say, in a perfect world, we would have one-day elections. You know what? We don't have one-day elections. People have to get with the times. That's right. They have got to. And I'm mad about the election. I believe it was stolen and I am really worried about fraud. But the best way to overcome it is everyone to get as involved as they possibly can on whatever level they possibly can. And the biggest job we have to do is flood the polls. That's how we're going to win. Folks, again, the book mtg mtgbook.com it's the one and only congresswoman i think future president marjorie taylor green congresswoman congratulations on the book great to talk to you and we'll talk to you again thank you so much it was great to talk to you too bye-bye All right, folks there it is marjorie taylor green right here on the john DePietro show it's my health 1099 mendon road in cumberland diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Stop in and see Marie, that historic white church. Shop local, inside, all quality products, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies. They understand quality, integrity. It's my health. It's all about your health, local products. I say honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. You know, they carry over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas, hemp and CBD products, and much more natural skincare products. Stop it and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Mended Road in Cumberland. It's all about health for you, for your family. There's vitamins for children, all different types of teas, all different types of spices. Boy, what a difference it'll make. Shop local. Stop it and see the queen of health. It's Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant, right in that historic white church. It's all about health. It's all about your health at It's My Health. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Pop in and see them, whether it's for lunch, nice weather, you can sit outside on the deck, or maybe sit in the dining room, delicious food. Then they also have a great full bar, large dining area, and you're going to love the lounge. The Lodge Pub and Eatery. People rave about their delicious, consistent, great food, and also the great staff. I'll see you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, I always tout our website just because it has exclusive stories and video. It has links to on-the-scene live stream. Remember, there's no vo- uh, vowel I. It's D-E-P-E-T-R-O dot com, DePietro.com. You can also reach me that way if you'd like to get in touch with me. DePietro.com. Log on and then links to Facebook and YouTube, everything we have. It's all waiting for you right there at the website.